I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. (laughs) (laughs) We're at the conclusion of Matthew chapter 6 tonight. We are starting in verse 25 in the previous recording. We talked about fasting and money in terms of serving God and money. The final verse said that you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. You'll be devoted to one and you'll hate the other. And tonight, we're going to read about worry. I find it interesting in one way that Worry comes right after the subject of money, because worry is probably, as an adult anyways, the number one thing that people worry about, right? Or money. Not all the time, but probably if you were just add up the worries of everybody in this world, or every adult in this world, you would would probably find that the highest frequency came with something that had to do with money. And so it is, the two are connected. And I definitely think that the Lord does not want us to live in worry. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. But that there should be some amount of concern about our future, about the things that we're doing, about how we're performing at work, or if right now your job is to be in school. I think there should be some concern regarding those things, right? That we shouldn't decide, well, the Lord doesn't want us to worry, so I'm not going to worry about how I'm doing at my job. I don't think that's what Christ is saying here, right? It's really about faith. And what are you going to place your faith in? I really think that that's what Jesus is trying to get at here, is what are you going to place your faith in? And I really think he's still driving at the same thing we've been talking about. Are you going to put your faith in yourself? Or are you going to put your faith in God's mercy? You know how that's kind of been a a theme in in this sermon as we've read through it? Is that Jesus keeps showing the people and he keeps giving them these lessons in such a way that challenges them to live perfect lives in an effort that they would be pointed towards their need for a savior. And I really think he does the same thing in this, in this part right here. In verse 25, the Lord says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap 
or store away in barns? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single cubit to his stature? Okay, so he, he takes this this idea that the birds are fed. They don't worry about how much food they have stored up, right? They wake up each day and they kind of go get the food they need, right? He continues in verse 28. He says, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Well, that's kind of interesting if we take it as Jesus doesn't want us to labor, right, or work. Because as we learned the other week at church, we actually were given jobs in the beginning, right? That even Adam, uh, before the fall, was given something to do. And certainly after the fall, the Lord did say that it's by the sweat of your brow that the, the ground will produce for you, right? And so there's been this understanding ever since the fall that labor is necessary for us if we want to get produce out of the ground, right? However, the Lord has shown up in different times throughout the Israelite history. Can you guys think of a time where the Lord was with the Israelites and provided for them in such a way that they did not have to labor? Go ahead. When they left Egypt? Yeah, they le- when they left Egypt. And what did he do for them? He produced um, manna from the ground. That's right. And water from rocks. That's right. So he produced manna. And how much manna did he want them to take? Only as much as they needed for the day. For that day. And on Saturdays they would save up for the Sabbath since they didn't so they didn't go out and collect on Sabbaths. That's right. So their Sabbath was on a Saturday. So on Friday, which they called preparation day, they would take two servings. So that way they had Friday and Saturday. What would happen, do you remember, to on Tuesday if they took two servings, two days worth of food? Harper? She said the manna would turn into these bugs. They would spoil, right? That's right. Like maybe maggots would eat it. Yeah, maggots. Yeah, nasty. I didn't know maggots came from flies. They do? Until I moved to Houston, Texas. I didn't know that. It's nasty. All right. Wait, how? Uh, Don't they, don't flies like start off as like maggots? Ew. Yeah, it's nasty. It's nasty. All right. So the Lord has showed up and he's provided. So they, now they did have to go out and get the manna, right? The Lord didn't just give it to them right at their at their table. Like they sat down and the Lord just put a plate of manna in front of them, right? But they did have to have blank that every day the Lord would show up. Faith? Yes. Faith. That's right. Good job, Brock. Good job, Trey. Good job, Harper. Everybody got that. They had to have faith every day that the Lord would show up. So see, they had to have faith in what the Lord would provide them. Understand this. 
He wanted to be their God, right? And they, his people. He wanted to provide for them. They only needed to have faith that what he was going to do was enough. Do you see where I'm going with this? Can you kind of put this together yet, where I'm going with this? All right. So he says, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his, his splendor was dressed like one of these lilies of the field. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Faith. That's right. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Right? But according to the law in Deuteronomy, if people wanted to have enough food and enough clothes and everything that they were ever going to need to be kept okay by God, then what were they going to have to do? According to the old law in Deuteronomy, they were going to have to be obedient to every law that was written. And that's when God promised them. That's what the blessings were promised in Deuteronomy, right? That if you do these things, you will be blessed. So Jesus was saying, don't worry about the food. Don't worry about the clothes. Don't worry about all this stuff. Do what the law says. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Not your best righteousness, not my best righteousness, Seek first the righteousness of God, which is the heart of the law, right? Seek first the righteousness of God, and all these things will be given to you, right? That's funny, because it says, you have little faith. And so on one hand, Jesus is saying, the problem is your faith. And on the other hand, Jesus is saying, just seek his righteousness, and that's where the two kind of things start to get a little bit, people think they, they, they teach them in such a way that it contradicts each other. Because on one hand, they're going to say, see, you just need to have faith. And on the other hand, they're going to say, see, you just need to be as you just need to do, be righteous. Just do what God wants you to do. Just obey him. Just obey him and he will provide for you. But I don't think that's what Jesus was saying as all, at all. He was really, I, I believe he was saying, have faith in the righteousness of God. Well, how are you going to have faith in the righteousness of God? I don't think Jesus really says that here, but we are the righteousness of God through... Jesus? Through Jesus, through Christ, right? So, okay, let, so we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are that. That's what we are. What do we need to have to be able to take hold of that belief and turn it into, and, and, and so that it manifests in power in our life? We have to have blank that it is true. It's the same thing we've been saying. Faith, right? It comes back to our faith. In a sense, I think he's saying, yes, if you want all these things, you don't want to worry about them, don't worry about them. Just be as righteous as God. Because if you're as righteous as God then you're going to get all the blessings in Deuteronomy, which includes all of these things of the flesh, right? So don't worry about these things. Just do what the law says. Just seek his righteousness. Well, if we want to seek his righteousness, 
I want to seek God's righteousness, right? We seek it through what Jesus Christ has already accomplished, through what he has already finished, right? And once you find that, you have to have faith that you have received what he said you've received. You know what gets in the way of our faith? Our, our disobedience, right? It does. And I'm not saying like, oh, if you're disobedient, you won't have any faith. What I'm saying is I think it's human nature that when you are disobedient, you disqualify your faith as something you can depend on, right? Because you don't deserve it. You don't feel like you deserve it. And so you won't take hold of the righteousness. You won't take hold of your faith in the righteousness that you have received because you're too worried about whether or not you deserve it, right? But newsflash, if that's what it comes down to is rather not we deserve it, we don't deserve it. That's what grace is. It's unmerited favor. You can't possibly earn it. So the way we seek the righteousness of God and have these worries taken off of us is when we put our faith, all right, don't be people of little faith, put our faith in the fact that Jesus accomplished all this so that we should not have to live our life and worry about these things. It's about his righteousness, not ours, his righteousness. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. You know, when we worry about things that haven't happened yet, it really robs us of our joy of today. You know, like when you worry about a belief that, you know, you think something's going to go wrong in a month from now or in two years from now, or you're going to get sick 10 years from now. I don't know what the number is. It just, it doesn't allow you to experience the joy that I think he wants us to have today. But if we have faith in what he's done for us and we know that all that he's already provided for us, I really think we can have joy. I think we can have joy today and, and have that joy. Work for tomorrow, all right? Believe that, I mean, work like you're going to need, work as unto the Lord, right? And prepare for tomorrow. But in your preparation, just don't let worry consume your heart. Live in joy of what he's given you. Brock, you have any thoughts you want to share with us? No thoughts. Okay. You feel pretty good? Yes. That's right. You are the righteousness of God because of... Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, right? No matter what, even if you have little faith, you're still the righteousness of God in Christ. Even if you fall into some lifestyle of disobedience, the gift of his righteousness unto you is perfectly given the moment you give your heart to Christ. It's not dependent on how you feel anymore. It's not dependent on how much faith you have in that. It's given to you perfectly right? For you to experience the rest and joy of having that is what requires faith. Does that make sense? Yes. Otherwise, if you don't have faith in that, then you won't be living in the joy and peace that you have received, right? Does that make sense, Harper? I have one thought earlier mm -hmm. about the worrying thing and how it doesn't add a cubit to a man's stature or something like that. One time... I thought you read it like it doesn't add an 
add an hour longer to their life or something. There, yeah, and, that's right. And it seems like it would take an hour away for how much people worry sometimes. Huh. I think you're right. As a matter of fact, I, I'm not. I don't know that much about medical sciences, but I have heard that stress is like a number one killer. It stress probably takes a lot of time off the back end of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what you shouldn't do. Don't stress out about that if you're stressing, right? <laughs> Deal with the thing you're stressed out about, right? Give it to the Lord. Give it to him in prayer. I don't know all the time whether it's a limitation of my faith or if it's just what God chooses to do versus what he doesn't choose to do. I don't know the truths of all those things. But I do know that I have been asked or I have had to find peace in my heart with the fact that my condition on this earth is sometimes painful, right? That I don't feel like every need for my physical peace has been taken care of all the time. Even if you just get sick, we'll just say you get sick for, for you know, the flu. You know, you can pray and I encourage us to do that. And you can take communion and believe on the Lord, have faith that he will heal you of that today. Like he's not going to let it set in for a seven day journey. Right. And I believe we want to do that. Like I, I believe that's express your faith that way and believe on it. Right. Don't hinge your trust on how much he loves you or what he wants to do or how powerful he is or even how righteous you are based on whether or not he comes through and doesn't make you suffer through that for another day because I've been the recipient of having to suffer through it through its course, right? And I don't think God failed me. And I don't think he was disappointed in me. And I don't even know that I didn't express faith correctly. Maybe I didn't. I'm willing to say that maybe that was the problem. I certainly don't hold it against my father. I know sometimes I know he's with me and that we go through these things and that's okay too. You know, you find a way to have joy and peace, even though sometimes the things you're worrying about or, or uncomfortable with, they do happen. What did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say when, after they said that the Lord is able to deliver us from your fiery furnace? What was the next thing they said? Um, even if he's not going to save us, we will still have faith in him. Yeah, that's right, Brock. Even if, but even if he does not, I will still not bow to your golden image, right? Meaning, yeah, even if he doesn't, my faith is still good. Even if he doesn't, I'm still, my heart is still his, right? My love for him is not dependent on if he delivers me or not. I know he can. I believe he can, and I believe he will, right? But my relationship with him, it's already settled. This doesn't change that. Don't worry. Have faith and trust. He was the perfect righteousness of God, and your inheritance is to receive that and to rest in it. All right, I love you, kids. I love you, too. You guys are good kids.